This is the text-to-speech podfic reading of, The Perfect Gift, by Sleedman 10. Chapter 1, November 3, 1999 Remus woke slowly, with Sirius's warm weight anchoring him in place. His face was tucked into Remus's neck and an arm was slung across his chest, his hair tickling Remus's nose and their legs tangled. There was no better way to wake up. After the war, after everything, sleep was something to be savored, indulged in. The nightmares of the past had given way to a more peaceful present. They seldom rose early anymore, unless Remus had early students but those were few these days. A few minutes later, he felt Sirius wake with a soft groan. Remus ran his hand through Sirius's hair, pushing it back so he could see part of his face. Good morning, birthday boy. Remus said in his ear. Not morning yet. Sirius mumbled sleepily, burying his face further into Remus's neck. Too early. Remus laughed quietly. Sleepy Sirius was one of his favorite moods. His sharp tongue and jagged edges were softened when he was like this and Remus loved the glimpses of this more pliable version of his witty, sometimes difficult partner. Some parts of you are more awake than others. Remus observed, shifting a little so their hips slotted together. Look who's talking. Sirius said, eyes still closed, but hands moving to Remus's thighs. Remus chuckled softly and pressed a kiss to his temple. He moved his hand to the spot low on Sirius's back, moving his thumb in a slow circle. Don't tease, Mooney, I'm an old man, he murmured. I wouldn't dream of it. Remus said, giving him a wicked smile. So is this my birthday present? Well, I'd say yes, but you can have me whenever you want, so. So come over here. Sirius laughed, pulling him on top of him. Remus was in the kitchen, preparing brunch. It was the middle of the week, but Sirius always loved a good brunch spread so that was what he was getting for his birthday. Harry was due to join them at any time as well, having taken the day off from work for the occasion. As Remus was taking scones out of the oven, the flue ignited and Remus heard shuffling as someone took their shoes off, and soft footsteps. Remus? Harry said, poking his head into the kitchen, and depositing some packages including a cake box on the counter. Remus grinned at him. Hey Harry, we're so glad you could make it. I wouldn't have missed it. Harry said, hugging Remus. Can I help? Want to put the kettle on? He's getting dressed. So we have, what? An hour? Harry quipped. Remus chuckled. Probably. Harry leaned in and whispered. How did the gift work out? Great. Thank you for helping me with it. I can't wait to see it. Harry said, tapping the kettle with his wand, and summoning three mugs from the cabinet. Remus grinned. It was sort of difficult at this point in their lives to come up with gifts for each other that the other wanted, and didn't go and buy himself. Sirius, they, as Sirius always reminded him, had enough money that he could simply buy what he liked, and he often did. So after all these years of gifts, it was increasingly difficult to get Sirius something that conveyed the depth of his feelings. What they'd learned during the first war, the lonely years after, 
and what was solidified in the second was that tomorrow was not promised. Yet, somehow, they were here to tell the tale. Sirius making it to forty was a big deal. He needed to be properly celebrated. Remus had been racking his brains for what to get Sirius for his 40th birthday and nothing had seemed good enough until he had a brainstorm a few weeks back. Harry and Ginny had been over for dinner, and Sirius was regaling them with how he planned to redecorate the living room. Harry had joked that he needed a replica of the black family tree that was on the wall at the Grimald Place house. Sirius had joked back that he would, and that he would make some improvements to it. Remus had laughed about it with them, but that night it came to him. They needed a new family tree tapestry for their house and he would have one made for Sirius's birthday. He just wasn't sure where to get it. One afternoon when Sirius was out, he'd flew called Andromeda and told her his idea. Andromeda was excited, and she'd even offered to help make it. Remus explained his vision, and between her and another friend who was talented with a needle, the tapestry was brought to vivid life. It sat innocently in a long black box under their bed. Remus couldn't wait to give it to him and was actually surprised that he didn't end up spilling the secret early. Sirius came down, dressed in dark jeans and his favorite red button-down shirt, his hair damp and joined them in the kitchen. Harry. You're here. It's good to see you. Sirius said, enveloping Harry in a bear hug. Harry hugged him back tightly. Sorry, I haven't been around much lately. Harry began and Sirius held up his hand. You have a life and a job and a girl. We miss you, but we'll take what we can get, okay? No need to apologize. Sirius said, pushing Harry back to hold him at arm's length. Harry submitted meekly to his scrutiny. Okay. Harry said. How's Ginny? Sirius wanted to know, as he went to steal a scone off the tray. Remus swatted his hand away. She's good. Training a lot these days. She wanted to come today but she sends birthday wishes anyway. Tell her thank you and that I hope the harpies kick Puddlemere's arses next week. I will relay the message. Harry said, laying out the plates and flatware by hand. They sat down a few minutes later. Molly sends her love, and her chocolate cake. Harry said, nodding toward the box on the counter that he'd brought. Remus felt a small pang, knowing that he didn't invite the Weasleys over for Sirius's birthday. He knew Sirius would want a quiet day with just him and Harry, and possibly Andromeda later. Sirius squeezed his hand, surely reading his mind and pulling him out of his thoughts. I'm sure it'll be delicious. The only person who could hold a candle to Molly as a baker was your gran, Harry. Harry nodded with a small smile. Remus knew Harry always appreciated the offhand comments about his parents and grandparents, even though he didn't always ask questions. Remus scooped scrambled eggs and sausage onto their plates and passed around the scones. You made these, Mooney. They're quite light. Sirius said, nibbling at the scone on his plate before reaching for the jam. Remus raised an eyebrow. I did. I do know how to cook. Sirius grinned. Do you? You've told me repeatedly that you use me for my cooking skills. Remus reached around and squeezed his thigh. 
That and other things, he said, kissing him briefly. Harry rolled his eyes at the two of them and summoned two of the packages he'd brought. He passed them to Sirius. Happy birthday. Sirius gave him a small, shy smile. Thank you, Harry. He unwrapped the first box and opened it, finding a Hollyhead Harpies banner signed by the whole team. It's from Ginny. Harry said. It's brilliant, tell her I will be waving this at every match. Sirius said, unfolding it and examining the details. The other is from me. Sirius opened the other box and inside found a series of three wizarding photographs. The first was when Harry first came to stay with them at Grimald Place, the second was after he got accepted to aura training and the last was when Sirius unveiled his room in their house. The pictures were in an ornately carved wooden frame with a dog, a wolf and a stag peering down at the pictures and the bottom carved with the phases of the moon. Sirius blinked, sliding his hand into Remus's and accepting Remus's reassuring squeeze. It's beautiful, Harry. Sirius said in a choked voice. They retired to the veranda when they had finished eating. It was a chilly November afternoon but there were enough warming charms and blankets around the small area that they were perfectly comfortable. Sirius and Harry played chess, and Remus read for a while. He was debating giving Sirius the gift while Harry was here or waiting until they were alone. Hello, a voice called from inside. Remus went inside to find Andromeda shaking her long hair out next to the fireplace. I'm glad you could come. Remus said, kissing her cheek. We're outside. It's good to see you, Remus, she said, following him. You're looking well. How's the family? Dora is settled in the States. We miss her, of course, but her career is flourishing. Andromeda said, wistfully. They stepped back out to the veranda. Sirius had his back to them, and he turned when Harry gestured toward the door. He grinned when he saw his favorite cousin coming toward him. Happy birthday, Sirius. Andromeda said, kissing his cheek. Come join us. Sirius said, offering her a blanket for her lap. Can I offer you some tea? Remus asked. That would be wonderful. Andromeda said, smiling. Remus went in to put the kettle on. Once the tea was ready, Remus made his way back outside. Sirius and Andromeda were laughing and Harry looked bemused, like he didn't know what to make of them. And then, remember you set my mother's cloak on fire. Andromeda said. Well. Sirius's eyes slid toward Harry, but then seemed to realize Harry was an adult who they didn't need to hide their bad behavior from anymore. I did do that, didn't I? Sometimes, accidental magic happens. Andromeda snorted, an odd sound from such an aristocratic nose. You mean it wasn't safe to antagonize a young wizard who has no control over his magic? I mean, I did have those records I wasn't supposed to have. Serious, everyone needs Queen and David Bowie. Andromeda drawled with a dramatic eye roll. You try telling the blacks that. I did. And I was much happier afterwards. Andromeda said, laughing again. She fumbled a little with the blanket and drew out a package that was clearly a bottle of something.
This is for you. Sirius unwrapped it and drew out a bottle of amber liquid. He turned it around in his hands. Forty-year scotch from grandfather's cellar. Andromeda said. All of the black properties had wine cellars, but their grandfather Arcturus's cellar had been especially impressive. Wow, it's still there. It's well hidden enough with magic that no one really knows it's there. Andromeda said. None of the vultures would have found it, she said, referring to some more distantly related people who had been swirling around the black assets before Sirius was pardoned and could firmly chase them away. Would you like some? I certainly hope you don't think I was nice enough to bring it all for you and Remus, she sniffed, good-naturedly. Remus obliged and summoned four glasses from the case in their dining room. Sirius poured and they raised their glasses in a toast. Many more happy birthdays, Sirius. Andromeda said, clinking his glass. They sipped from their glasses. Harry blinked at the strength of it. Sirius swirled his glass and drank deeply. Lovely. Thank you, Andy. Of course. You only turn forty once. Or not at all. I'm pretty sure both of our mothers turn twenty-nine multiple times. Andromeda laughed. Well, I'm also twenty-nine permanently, so I understand. The sun was starting to dip below the horizon, painting the sky spectacular hues of pink and red. Sirius snuggled into Remus's side and Remus held him close. Cold, love. Remus said in his ear. Sirius shook his head and slid his arms around Remus. Andromeda, would you care to join us for dinner? Remus asked. Thank you, Remus. Ted is expecting me, so I actually have to say goodnight. As the sky darkened, Remus aimed his wand at all of the things that had found their way outside and they sailed through the air, back to the house. Harry folded the blankets and directed them back to the small storage cube under the low table. The three of them made their way back into the kitchen to make dinner. Many of the dishes Sirius regularly made were beyond Remus's skill level, so he kept it simple with steak, roasted vegetables, and potatoes. Harry kept them entertained with stories from his aura training and Ginny's Quidditch matches. They sat down for dinner after a while. Harry opened a bottle of red wine. From Ron and Hermione. Remus sniffed at it, swirled it a little and sniffed again. His werewolf nose was helpful when it came to things like wine tasting. He was able to smell and taste many of the more subtle notes that full humans missed. It's very nice. When they finished eating, Harry took the cake out of the box and lit the magical candles he'd gotten from Fred and George. After they sang the happy birthday song, the candles shot small sparks into the air, spelling out, Happy Birthday, Sirius. The light then swirled into nothing, leaving the cake ready to eat. Sirius, I have something for you. Remus said, passing him the long, black box he'd been hiding all day. Sirius looked at him questioningly. Don't worry, you can open it in polite company. Harry smirked. I'm polite company. Something like that. Sirius said, winking at him. Sirius opened the box and slowly drew out the large, red tapestry. The person who Andromeda knew had done a lovely job capturing what Remus wanted. 
His and Sirius's names were near the top, centered and joined with silver thread, and decorated with silhouettes of the dog and the wolf. Harry's name was under there and joined with silver thread as well. James and Lily's names were off to the side, with a silver stag, resembling Harry's Patronus, and a lily. Lyle's name was connected to Remus, and Andromeda and her family were connected to Sirius's. Our house was written in script above the family tree and Notre Maison was written at the bottom, in acknowledgement, if not a direct inversion of Toujours Pure, the black family motto. Silver and black moon phases outlined the tapestry. Sirius's eyes grew rounder and rounder as he took in the carefully embroidered details. Remus. He said, his voice choked. Remus squeezed his hand. Happy birthday, darling. I can't believe you did this. Sirius said in a low voice. Remus pulled him close, whispering. Your name will always be on it. Sirius buried his face in Remus's shoulder, overcome with emotion. Remus caught Harry watching them awkwardly, probably wondering if he should leave them alone. Sirius pulled away from Remus, his eyes a little pink, and reached for Harry and squeezed his hand. They sat, connected, for a long moment, each thinking about how hard they'd fought for this connection. A little bit later, Harry stood. I should get home. Remus and Sirius stood too, leading him to the fireplace. Remus hugged Harry quickly and stepped aside to give him a moment with Sirius. Sirius pulled Harry close and they held on to each other for almost a full minute. Happy birthday, Sirius. Thanks, kid. Sirius said, pressing a kiss to his forehead. Don't be a stranger. With that, Harry stepped through the fireplace and they were alone. I thought we could put the tapestry in the living room. Remus said. Sirius pulled him close and kissed him hungrily, driving any other thoughts out of his mind. They were tangled together in bed, the heat on their skin cooling with the breeze from the open window. Had a good day, then? Remus asked, kissing the side of his neck. Mooney. He started, then twisted around so he could see Remus properly. I'm just, completely overwhelmed. I've never had a birthday like this. The closest was when we were at school. It's been a long time. Remus ran his fingers through Sirius's hair as he snuggled closer. Good. I wanted this for you. Love you. Sirius said, kissing him softly. Love you too. Chapter 2 March 10, 2000 Sirius rarely woke before Remus, but he did today. He raised himself on his elbow to watch him for a moment, any worry about whether this sort of behavior was creepy was long gone. Remus was sprawled on his back, with one arm out, where Sirius had been, and the other above his head, buried beneath the pillows. His hair was longer in the winter and fell across his forehead in a golden-brown tangle. Sirius tried to convince him to keep it longer, but he wasn't always successful. His face was relaxed, none of the usual worry lines visible, and his lips were parted. They never wore much of anything to bed unless Harry was there, and he wasn't this morning. The sheet was twisted around Remus's legs so his lower half was mostly covered. 
Remus was always warm, so he did not like too many covers and the blankets usually ended up on Sirius's side. He snuggled back into Remus's side, feeling the gentle rise and fall of his chest. His skin was always tan or at least several shades darker than Sirius's brilliantly pale skin, and his torso was lined with the crisscrossing scars that covered much of his body. He was self-conscious about them, Sirius knew, but Sirius always thought of them as part of Remus. They were evidence of his ongoing monthly battles with the wolf, battles that he'd won. 35 Years of Transformations Sirius sighed. He'd done all he could to make it easier on Remus, but he hated that he couldn't take that pain away completely. The best he could do was help make Remus's life easy in other aspects, like making sure he had access to the Wolfsbane potion every month, and accompany him as Padfoot when he transformed. Sirius looked at their bewitched clock on the bedside table. It was getting late, but he didn't want Remus to wake up alone on his birthday, so he nuzzled into his neck with small nipping kisses, making sure a series of red spots bloomed under his skin. Remus shifted closer, sliding his arms around Sirius as he did so. He didn't open his eyes, but Sirius could tell he was awake. Happy birthday, sleepyhead. Sirius said, running his hand down Remus's back. Thank you, now I'm old like you. Remus said into Sirius's neck, his voice muffled and gravelly with sleep. Sirius loved when he sounded like this. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not a day over twenty-nine. Sirius said, moving his hand to Remus's thigh and kneading lightly. His body responded under Sirius's touch and Sirius wrapped his leg around Remus's, holding him in place. Remus looked up at him properly, seeing the mischief in his eyes. Can I help you? The question is, birthday boy, can I help you? Sirius said, wagging his eyebrows at Remus. Remus moved Sirius's hand over so Sirius could feel his interest. I think you'll find that you can, Pads. With a sly grin, Sirius disappeared under the sheet. Sirius brought their breakfast out to the veranda, since he knew Remus liked to drink his morning tea out there. They used their veranda year-round, with the right amount of magic maintaining the temperature. They probably could have used it in the rain and snow, but they were not interested in more curiosity than necessary from their muggle neighbors. Remus joined him, looking delicious in his brown trousers, blue polo shirt and grey jumper. Sirius handed him his mug with a grin. Thank you. Remus said, with a shy smile. I aim to please, and spoil you on your birthday. Sirius said, kissing his cheek as they sat down on the love seat. Remus reddened and looked at him through his lashes. You don't have to make a fuss. Sirius rolled his eyes dramatically. Merlin. Mooney. I want to celebrate you on your birthday. You don't have to be embarrassed, it's just us. Sirius passed him a plate with two fried eggs, bacon, sausage and grilled tomatoes. Harry, Ginny and your dad are coming for dinner. You can be embarrassed then. Remus chuckled. Noted, he said, as he tucked into his breakfast. Sirius always marveled at Remus's appetite. His werewolf metabolism kept him thin and angular, despite the amount of food he ate. He'd gotten broader through the shoulders and chest in adulthood, 
but he was still as lean and sinewy as he was when they were teenagers. Sirius's own body hadn't softened per se, but he felt he'd been at his physical peak maybe between 18 and 20. But that was before the war and prison wreaked havoc on his life for so long. Now that he managed to put himself back together, he wasn't in such bad shape. With that thought, he topped off his and Remus's mugs of tea. Sirius had known since they moved in what he was going to give Remus for his 40th birthday. They had a third bedroom that was vaguely considered to be the office, but Sirius figured they could do better. He wanted to recreate the room as a library for Remus, the idea reminded Sirius of their Hogwarts days, of the hours they'd spent in the Hogwarts library doing homework, planning pranks and snogging among the stacks. He wanted to create that same sort of refuge in their home. He'd gotten quite good at designing the rooms in their house, and was familiar with many of the spells necessary to achieve these changes. A lot of it was down to transfiguration, which he always excelled at, so when he wanted to take two of the walls and create built-in bookshelves in dark wood, he was pretty confident he could do it. And he did, but it took a few tries before he got it the way he wanted it. That was the hardest part really. The rest of the decoration was much easier. He'd found an antique desk that was the perfect height for Remus's absurdly long legs, a matching chair, and a low leather sofa that was cozy enough to curl up on with end tables for tea and books. The other thing he added was a fireplace, but since the fireplace in their living room was the one connected to the flu network, this wasn't too difficult. He also changed the regular rectangular window into a long window with stained glass above it, depicting the wolf, the dog and the moon in the three panels. Remus knew he'd been working in there, but he'd created an invisible barrier that Remus couldn't cross, so the surprise wouldn't be ruined. When Remus finished his tea and reading through the latest edition of the Daily Prophet, Sirius took his hand and led him inside. Sirius was practically vibrating with energy that Remus could feel through his skin. What's with you? Remus asked, bemused. I have something to show you. Sirius said. Come on. They went upstairs and stopped in front of the closed door to the third bedroom. Close your eyes. Remus looked like he was going to protest, thought better of it, and complied. Sirius waved his wand, removing the invisible barrier from the doorway. He took Remus's hand and led him into the middle of the room. Sirius put his hands on Remus's hips, steadying him. Okay, open. Remus opened his eyes. Sirius could feel his breath catch as he turned in a small circle, taking in the details of the library. Sirius had gotten rid of the overhead light and installed several lamps that bathed the room in a buttery glow. Remus raised his hand to his chin and let out a soft. Oh. Sirius stepped out from behind him so he could see his reaction. What do you think? Sirius asked him quietly. Remus blinked several times and turned to him, his molten honey eyes full. I, I don't know what to say. I can't believe you did this. Happy birthday, darling. I love you. Remus pulled him close, into a tight hug. Sirius could feel him quivering against him, making a valiant effort to control his emotions. I love you too. Remus whispered. 
They held on to each other for a long moment as Remus regained his composure. When he next met Sirius's gaze, his eyes were clear. Show me, he said, to Sirius's delight. Sirius took his hand and led him to the shelves, with a grand sweep of his arm. To start our tour, we have our bookshelves, walnut, built in with the finest transfiguration by yours truly. And then we have our books, magical books over here, muggle books on the other wall. He then led Remus to the stained glass window. Here we have a window with stained glass panels that looks out onto the ocean. Remus paused and gazed out the window for a moment. He took in the depiction of Mooney, Padfoot and the full moon in the glass, running his fingers over them gently. For very important work-related things, we have a desk that you can actually sit at and a sofa for relaxing. Maybe that's mostly for me. Sirius concluded with a wink. He sat down on the sofa and Remus sat down next to him. This is, amazing. You're amazing. Remus said, still overcome with emotion. Thank you. He kissed Sirius, long and slow. Sirius pulled him closer and wrapped his arms around Remus, deepening the kiss. Sometime later, they heard a, hello, from downstairs. They untangled themselves and made their way downstairs to see Harry and Ginny beaming at them from the living room, clearly having just arrived through the flu. Harry looked back and forth between them and Sirius smiled innocently at his godson. Hey kids! Sirius said, making his way down the stairs, with Remus following. They exchanged hugs. Happy birthday, Remus! Harry said, hugging Remus. Remus smiled at them. Good to see you. Want something to drink? Please. Sirius passed around glasses of wine as Harry and Ginny got settled. He watched Harry, who looked relaxed, with his arm casually around Ginny's shoulders. She was leaning into him and smiling. It made his heart swell to see Harry happy and in love. He remembered the scared kid he'd first met when Harry was thirteen and always marveled at how he'd grown into himself in the aftermath of the war. Ginny had been nervous around them when she and Harry had first started dating again. Even though she'd known them for a few years, it was clear that she wasn't always sure how to behave around them. But she'd relaxed after a while and let her personality come out. When this first happened, Sirius had seen Remus watching her. You see it too. Sirius had asked. Remus had chuckled. Potter men are consistent. I'll give them that. They both laughed. Sirius wondered what James would think of Harry's choice of partner. A fiery redhead, like his mother. But as they got to know Ginny better, it was clear she was a very different woman from Lily. How is training going, Ginny? Sirius wanted to know. Coach has been rough on us since we lost the match to Vimborn. We should be fit to win the next one, though. Ginny responded. The rest of the family sends birthday wishes, Remus. Remus's shy smile was back in place. Tell them thank you. Mum sent cake. Chocolate, I think. It usually is. We can never get enough of your mum's chocolate cake. Ginny nudged Harry. Do you want to? Yeah, of course. 
Harry pointed his wand at a wrapped box that came flying over and landed on the coffee table in front of Remus. This is from us. Remus picked up the box and unwrapped it, he raised an eyebrow at Harry upon seeing the Weasley's wizard Weezes insignia on the box. You know I've mostly retired from pranks. Remus said. Once a marauder, always a marauder. Sirius said, squeezing Remus's hand. It's nothing bad. Harry said, amused. Remus opened the box gently. There were two silver blobs and a small leaflet. He read the leaflet and handed Sirius one of the silver blobs. He took his wand out of his pocket and prodded the blob in front of him. It began to shine and shift until it settled into the shape of a dog. Sirius followed suit, and his shifted into a wolf. Remus picked it up and examined it, questioningly. It's a model of your Patronus. Harry said, excitedly. How, how did Fred and George do this? Remus wondered, turning the model over in his hand. George hexed me when I asked, so I didn't ask again. Harry said with a shrug. This is, a fantastic piece of magic. Reminded me of, you know, when you taught me how to conjure the Patronus. Harry said, shyly. They shared a small smile, that time at Hogwarts feeling so recent, yet so long ago too. You've come a long way since then, Harry. Remus said, quietly. Harry chuckled. It's been a bit, yeah. The flu ignited, indicating someone else was about to arrive. Lyle Lupin stepped out of the fireplace, brushing ashes off of his jacket. Remus got up to greet his father. Happy birthday, son. Lyle said, offering Remus a stiff hug. Sirius got up too, with his hand on Remus's back, and shook Lyle's hand. Good to see you, Sirius. You as well, Lyle, may I offer you a glass of wine? Over the years, Sirius had learned that it wasn't that Lyle disapproved of him or Remus, or him and Remus, it was that he was a much more reserved person than Sirius was used to and his interactions with Remus were always stiff and formal. Sirius couldn't help the instinct to protect Remus from his father, even though he knew there was no need for it. Lyle accepted the glass of wine and perched on the chair next to the sofa. Hello, Mr. Lupin. I'm Harry Potter and this is my girlfriend, Ginny Weasley. Harry said, offering Lyle his hand. Lyle shook it. Of course. It's a pleasure, Harry. Remus speaks very highly of you. Harry's eyes slid toward Remus, obviously surprised Remus would mention him to his father. When the bottle of wine was finished, Lyle passed a box to Remus. For you. Happy birthday. Oh, Dad, you shouldn't have. Remus started, knowing Lyle did not have much money to spare. Relax, son. It's sentimental rather than expensive. Lyle looked at Sirius. I understood Sirius was building a library. So I brought these from the house. Oh. Did you finish it? Can we see it? Harry asked eagerly. Sirius flushed. Of course. They trooped up the stairs and into the library. Harry looked around excitedly. If Hermione comes in here, 
she's never going to leave. I think Ron will figure something out. Ginny said, and they both laughed. Remus set the box Lyle brought on the desk and opened the top. His breath caught as he lifted out the old books. I can't believe you still had these. I wanted you to have them. Lyle said. Thank you. He turned the book, a worn copy of the complete works of Shakespeare, over in his hands. These were my mother's books, Remus said, by way of explanation. He raised the book to his nose and sniffed. Can you, does it still smell like her? Lyle asked. Very faintly. I'll be able to smell it more in about a week. Remus said, putting the book back in the box. He couldn't really smell it right now, but he could imagine it, the lavender and chamomile of Hope Lupin, sense that used to mean home. Sirius put his hand on his back, and Remus leaned against him for a beat. Sirius made grilled cod with a honey glaze, potatoes and greens for dinner. They ate in the dining room, which they didn't often use. He enjoyed presiding over the table, making sure everyone had enough to eat and drink, and making animated conversation with their guests. This was a very different kind of dinner party than the stuffy, formal ones he'd had to attend growing up. The blacks surely would turn their noses up at such company, but Sirius was content to be here and present with his chosen family. When they were alone again, they cleaned up and went upstairs. Remus paused in the doorway of the library. Sirius tugged at his hand and they went inside and settled on the sofa. Nightcap? Sirius asked. Of course. Sirius summoned his bottle of forty-year scotch and two glasses. He poured, they clinked glasses and drank deeply. Sirius ran his hand through Remus's hair and Remus relaxed against him, letting his eyes slide shut. No falling asleep yet, Mooney. Sirius said in his ear. I have plans for you. Oh. Remus said, opening his eyes and raising his eyebrow. So what are you going to do about it? Sirius chuckled softly and kissed him. Finite. Thanks for listening to this text to speech podfic composed by Burning Aurora.